What's going on, everybody? It's me, it's me, it's the PR, I am me, and I am here with another episode of Prime Nostalgia Podcast, and I'm here with Rudy, the the unofficial San Antonio movie reviewer. Whew, that is a mouthful. <laughs> How are you doing today? Hey, um, thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to chatting with you about, I'm sure, movies and nostalgia and Whatever, whatever, whatever else we comes our way. Now, this is your first time. Everybody's first time. They all get the same question, so you have to get it too. And that is, what was a typical Friday night for you growing up? Whether you had uh, to go out somewhere, or whether you had a certain movie you liked to watch, or certain shows that you watched on Friday. Tell me about that time. Oh, prime time. That is actually, you know what? That's one of the best questions I've ever been asked. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. That's very original. Uh, we're talking as a as a kid growing up, or a young man in any my twenties. Anytime you can remember fondly. Oh, your best memories. Okay. Well, I'd have to say in the eighties because a typical Friday for me was uh, school was out, mm-hmm. and I would go home and just put on my play clothes because school clothes and play clothes are two different things. And I would just go get my bike and go meet up with my friends. And we'd just go to the local arcade, play video games. Then we'd spend a night at a friend's house. And, you know, we'd rent some scary movies like Nightmare on Elm Street. Everything you see on Stranger Things or the Goonies, because there was no social media, no internet. We just all hung out. So just meeting with my friends or cousins, uh, playing arcade games uh, and watching movies. Those are my the best Friday nights, in my opinion. We got to stay up late. We didn't have to go to bed early. Oh, man, uh, those are the best. Uh, the, that's definitely what I did. Uh, the fondest Friday nights were my childhood. What kind of uh, arcade games were there that you played? Uh, what game would you like to master at? Well, I am a Jedi when it comes to Galaga. Like I, I won't die until like stage thirty three or thirty two, and and I can get on that forever. So one quarter will last me forever. Uh, I love Pac Man. Um, Alien Syndrome was a fun one, but I think about the late eighties is when the Nintendo would come out. Came out. I'm sorry. So we we all get Contra and play that. Try to be Contra with the, the Konami code. But in the arcades, it was definitely Galaga. It still is. Uh, anytime I go to an arcade, uh, you've seen like the updated versions of Galaga or Centipede or Pac-Man. I play those all the time. Yeah. Have you ever been to a barcade? A barcade? Uh, yeah, there's a few like Dave and Buster's around here. Is that what you mean? Where you can have some drinks and just kind of... Well, like, it's uh, the same games? thing, but it's, in the, it's an official like term. Like it's an official thing. Oh, okay. Well, what is it exactly? Help me out with that, because it's the first time I'm well, hearing it. It's like a bar. <laughs> it's basically what it, in the name was a bar and an arcade, but they like oh. kind of uh, imported the older arcade games, kind of like rare. They have some rare games, because, you know, there isn't many ar- arcades around. So they kind of took those games from back in the day and probably and revamped them, but they still have that archaic feeling. Oh, man. No, I have not seen those. I mean, there's a few bars that have them. Um around here but like uh there's this place called slackers here in san antonio and there's a bar and you go upstairs they have these old school arcade games like street fighter 2 uh, mortal kombat 2 uh even x-men versus uh um x-men versus uh there you go sorry i lost my train of thought but the controllers never work you know you can't jump or you can't move left or right they're all locked up so it kind of sucks but we have one here (laughs) you know you uh you are a child of the eighties, so that is a time. That is a time that I see. I wasn't obviously. I wasn't born in the eighties, so that's the time I look back on. And it's like it's a good time for me, like looking back and watching these movies and these TV shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a? Do you have like a favorite genre of movies from back in the eighties? Oh, it has to be horror. Oh, uh, because okay. yeah, horror is my favorite genre, and I've, I'm actually going to start talking more about horror on my channel. Uh, I just have a fascination with it. Uh, like, like again, in the 80s, it was all slasher movies. Uh, I remember my very first horror movie experience, believe it or not, was uh, Halloween, the original. And it wasn't at the movies, it was also at home. I remember I was peeking in the living room, seeing what my parents were doing. And it was that scene where Jimmy Lee Curtis is right by the door. And in the background, you see Michael Myers laying down. And then all of a sudden, he, he just sits up, done. Yeah. 
da, da. yeah, that whole scene. That's my very first ever like introduction to horror, and I don't remember the age, but that was like maybe six or seven. But uh, yeah, Freddy Krueger, Jason, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, Poltergeist. Uh, those are all the movies I grew up with. And parents back then were just like, go to your room. And we just watch whatever we wanted to watch. <laughs> you know, and I just, it traumatized me. I had a lot of traumatizing nights, but I have a fondness for horror, um, especially the, the slasher genre. I have a, a Amazon Prime account and I love Amazon Prime because they have all these low budget, never heard of horror movies from the 70s and 80s. And I just tend to watch them. And just laugh to myself because they're so entertaining. But yeah, horror is my genre. So, uh, was there any movie that came out that had you like believing like this is real life? Like I'm really gonna get killed if I turn the lights off or um, if I <laughs> go in the bathroom <laughs> or if I answer the phone? Oh, that's a good. Oh, that these are some great questions, man. I love it. Uh, actually, the one movie that messed me up was the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Because uh, it looks so real. It looks like a snuff film, especially the way um, Hopper shot it. And as a kid, I would always visit cousins. Like, uh, we, we never stayed home on weekends. We would get in the truck, and my dad would drive us to cousins that lived in the ranch somewhere. So we always drove, and there was, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere sometimes. And I was always terrified we'd stop at a gas station, like in the film, and end up running out of gas, and then having to stay in this house, and then get slowly get killed and chopped away by Leatherface. So that film, I remember seeing it, the screams, and just the way it looked. It looked real. It didn't look fake. And I remember that really just terrifying me. And every time we'd go on the road, I'd just look around at all these nowhere, you know, cities and these towns, and I would just be terrified. So that one messed me up. Well, i tell you, mine is uh, The Ring. The Ring, uh, Yes. Yeah, so you know the part where you, after you watch the clip and they and they say your phone rings. Um, yeah, I watched I watched it with my cousin for the first time, and he had already seen it, so he was like, "I'm gonna go to the bathroom." And what he did was he went to the bathroom and he called from his cell phone the house phone. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I was kind of shaking up on that way. That's funny, dude. That's an awesome oh. cousin. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, aside from like shows. Do you have, like, uh, excuse me, aside from movies, do you have shows that you like as well, or are you just kind of getting really getting into shows like that? Uh, well, I think uh, the 80s were fun. I didn't really watch a lot of TV in the 80s because I was playing outside all the time. Got home from school, I played outside. I really didn't watch shows. I did watch cartoons like the Transformers in the 80s and G.I. Joe. I watched those. Those are my favorite cartoons. Uh, I think shows... I, I was really hooked in the 90s. The 90s were like the perfect time because I was like in, I graduated from high school and I'm in college. I, I was more aware of what, you know, how to make a film and storylines. So the X-Files was one of my, my favorite shows of all time. And then Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the next generation, Star Trek Voyager. I was a Trekkie. I still am a Trekkie. And uh, those were the, the, the prime era in my, my lifetime uh, was that the 90s. There were so many great shows that were just new and innovative, especially the X-Files at the time. There was nothing else like it at the time in Mulder and Scully, that whole dynamic. And of course, Star Trek. I was a big fan of that. So those are my shows. Yeah, the 90s is a good time that, you know, I, I see a lot of people obviously want to bring that back. Uh, mm-hmm. But if there's anything that hasn't been brought back yet from the 90s that you had to bring back or you wanted to bring back, not even like a not a reboot or anything, just anything you want to bring back, like just back, period, what would it be? Oh, these are some the best questions I've ever been asked on any show. Uh, I applaud you, sir. I applaud you. Thank uh, you very much. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, if I were to bring anything back, I probably... Uh, I probably would bring back the sense of humor that people had in the 90s uh, because and what I mean by that is that yeah. nobody took anything seriously back then. A joke was a joke. Yeah. It, you could joke about anything and people would just laugh it off because if you're with your buddies or in a public place, you can just laugh about whatever. And no one took anything so seriously. And nowadays, you you can't say what you want even if it does if it comes from a fun you know i'm joking with my friends intent you're laughing saying stupid shit like i'm sorry i don't mean to curse 
the stupid things. And, you know, you can offend somebody and then that can be on a tweet or recorded and you can get fired from your job. It's just this, uh, the the atmosphere of people just being so sensitive nowadays and so politically correct is what I don't like. <laughs> and I wish back things in the, it were like that in the 90s again, where it was just a joke was a joke uh, and that's all it was. And people weren't so uptight and sensitive. I would love to bring that back. <laughs> yeah, I would. I really love that. I I love like how you can you can say anything like because everybody knows like everybody knows it's a joke. Everybody's I won't say they all in on it, but they like you know they understand it's a joke. I'm not really she's not really trying to hurt me, but it's yeah. like now in these days you can say hi how you're doing to somebody say that you're trying to hurt them. So I I don't I don't know. Um, yeah. What that reminds me of. Okay, I'm not sure if you have you ever saw a Def Comedy Jam, any episodes of. I- Russell Simmons' Deaf Comedy Jam with Martin Lawrence, dude. I loved All right. uh, that show. I loved it. I, I mean, I remember when it first came out with uh, Kid Capri and everybody. I loved it, man. Yeah. So, you know, uh, in, the, in the beginning, Martin's the host. He comes out, he jokes on people, and they, you know, they take it. They know he's not going to hurt them for real. That's kind of yeah. what I want it to be in a sense like that. Like, like you could talk about you, but we still all one. We still... You know, I'm not going to hurt you or anything like that, but things have changed. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll bet you I will bring that back. I will also bring back Dunkaroos because those are good. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for it, man. You got my support. <laughs> now, as far as any other shows or anything, I'm not sure because, like I said, this day and age, uh, a lot of stuff won't won't fly. Like, um, I was watching a it was a video does shows hold up and they played Seinfeld and a lot of people from that age demographic from then they put in today's world and they said that it won't hold up because some things are offensive and this and that, you know, so I'm I'm still with you on that point of bringing that sense of humor back. Yeah, everybody just needs to lighten up a little bit and just not take things too seriously, a joke's a joke, and enjoy life, man. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, man. But um, we're going to talk about you and being San Antonio's unofficial movie reviewer. Look, yeah. look, look, look. I got to tell you, first of all, I'm happy for you that you made the news. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How was that going, by the way? Uh, it, it's coming along. I still talk to the producers um, about... Every every week, really, I pitch segments, but uh, things are are different uh, from what I'm understanding on getting on the show. It's um, there's more traffic, so whenever they can fit me in, they can, and I'm I'm in talks with them now. I'm also talking to, to some other stations as well, uh, just trying to get my name out there. But yeah, it's a uh, it's it was a huge accomplishment, and uh, I, I'm very uh, proud of that, and I'm glad that the producers. Uh, Saw my email and just said, hey, let's give this guy a shot. So I am forever grateful. Okay. So with you being knowing a little bit of behind the scenes of what happens on the news and you, and you I'm pretty sure, was terrified your first time. How did you uh, adapt? You know what? I'll be completely honest with you. I wasn't nervous at all. I felt really? uh, I felt at home. I was I was fine. I wasn't nervous because they we, when you go on, they go, okay, here's the segments for the for the hour. You're gonna come on at 9:20. We're gonna introduce you and just stand off camera and walk in and you know say hi. And uh, the one thing I remember, I walked up and I started talking, and my mouth immediately got cotton mouth. I got my mouth dried up immediately, and I was like trying to lick my lips and in the inside because my lips were getting stuck on my teeth as I spoke. And I'm like, I'm not nervous, but my body inside was just like freaked out. So my mouth got immediately dry, but I, ha- I had a great time. And, you know, they said I did great. They let me read the teleprompter at the end, which is really not that hard, but I did it. But uh, they were all fantastic. And each time I went on, I think I've been on a total of like five times. And uh, each time is even better. I feel like, hey, I, I have more freedom. I can do this. I can do that. And uh, they allow me. So they're awesome. That that is that is a cool story though, honestly. But uh, thank you. Yeah. So, with you, uh, where did you want to get? Like, where did you get the name? Like, San Antonio's unofficial. Like, were you just like, hey, 
nobody's claimed it, so I'm gonna claim it, or is it just off, you know, <laughs> off the top of your head? Well, um, it, it's funny. I, that's a good story, man. Uh, that's a good question, actually. What I meant to say, but it was like in 2015, like late 2015, before I started, I was just trying to think of a clever name because I love my city and I love the Spurs. I love all that. So I was thinking, what can I do? I I knew as far as a guy going on YouTube, there's thousands upon thousands of movie critics, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you type in the Annabelle review, you're just going to be bombarded with just thousands of hundreds of these reviews. So my, my thought process was, let me conquer San Antonio first, and then I can conquer Texas and then go out and just kind of build that empire. That was yeah. my mentality. So I, I go, what name can I come up with? And I go, does San Antonio have a movie critic? So I typed in on the internet, San Antonio's movie critic, and nothing came up. And I'm like, well, San Antonio's unofficial movie critic. Nothing came up. I'm like, boom, there it is. And I just went with that. Now, if you Google it, I pop up. So, boom, there you go. Good. <laughs> now, uh, I have a – this is off the record. Um, okay, okay. Do you have – honestly, I might cut this out because um, I actually do want to know this question. But do you have any, like um, – influences like do you like going a bunch of watch a bunch of youtube videos to see how they do theirs and see how you can edit you know edit yours and do yours better or uh did you just start from the top of your head to do movie reviews or how was that process oh that's a that's a again another really good question man well i'm before i started or even before i had the idea to do movie reviews um i used to watch chris stuckman all the time and okay. And Jer- uh, I think Jeremy Johns, and I-, I can't watch Jeremy Johns anymore. I find him, he's a great guy, he's great at what he does, and he's got so much energy, but I find his editing annoying. I hate uh, the jump okay. cuts after every yeah. sentence. That's just horrible practices. Well, you know, he has, to, he has to catch the uh, the attention span of some people. I understand. Yeah, and I, and I get that. It's a great tactic, but I remember it reminded me, remember Fred? Uh, oh like, no! Don't remind me of Fred. Oh, I'm sorry God. to bring him up, but he had the same oh. editing style. I remember my kids yeah, were watching. This is like in the early 2000s. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He's annoying, but he was so popular. But every sentence is a jump cut, and I hated yeah. that. So anybody that does it now, I think of Fred, and it's it just drives me or, or a zoom. In the- <laughs> yes, and it's like so damn annoying. Oh, but uh, yeah, so uh, I. Who I follow, um, again, Chris Duckman, I think he's the best critic out there, uh, but I didn't want to copy him. So my inspirations are really uh, Cisco and Ebert because in the 90s, oh, yes. yeah. they, like they would be too. on, a, yeah, they would be on on Sundays and I would watch them all the time just to kind of hear their thoughts. And I love the counterpoints and just how they spoke about it. So I try to reference them a lot. I, their styles I try to pick up, but I also try to be funny. Uh, Jared, he's another YouTuber that I follow. Uh, he does a lot of opening skits. He does a lot of originals, uh, you know, content. Um, Sean Chandler, he lives in Austin, which is north of me. The guy is probably the most successful YouTuber within our circle. He's got over 100,000 uh, subscribers. But he's got okay. a, his own style. But he's got his own style, and I don't want to copy any of that. Uh, I like his business practices and how he, um, he's got energy, and he's got a certain a niche, like with rankings. I don't like doing ranking videos. I like just talking about nostalgia and old school movies, which I'm going to start doing more of. But as far as influences, I wouldn't say it's directly a YouTuber. Chris Tugman was the first one. But I'd have to say my influences are really Cisco and Ebert, uh, Saturday Night Live in the 90s, because I love skits. And I, I try to film skits as much as I can and try to be funny. And I want to be myself. I don't want to have the, you know, YouTube voice, you know, hey, guys, thanks yeah. for watching. Subscribe. You know, I don't want to have that douchebag voice. I just want to be myself. So you kind I, of sound I, like a kind of sound a like Jeremy Johnson. I just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just well, that, that was up. totally that was totally by accident. But I don't want to have that voice. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I just I just want to be myself and have fun and, uh, you know, see how that goes. But also, um improve upon the editing styles and things like that yeah i know for me i took uh i i watched these people and i said i want to kind of do what they do i want to be myself like you but i put my own i just be myself but also uh incorporate some things that i see i incorporate some things but for the most part i am like to be myself now 
something I really would want to work on is kind of doing, like you said, like skits in a sense. But mm-hmm. I still have to, I have to work on that that part of the uh of the job, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, that Siska. Si- <laughs> oh my gosh, I always mess his name up. Sorry, but Ebert, Cisco Ebert? Cisco, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I really enjoy those two. Like I really, they chemistry and everything is great. Even when they argue, is good too. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I I enjoy those two. Yeah, they were amazing. I loved them. Now, um, you said as far as um, shows, you didn't really watch TV much. So I don't know if I should still ask you this question, but I'm <laughs> going to ask it anyway because, you know, any show you watch, I'm sure you had to have a favorite intro. Do you have a favorite TV show intro of any anything? Oh, that's a, I get. Oh, that's another good question. Uh, actually, I have several. Um, uh, the greatest American hero from the uh, from the eighties was a good one. Uh, the Fall Guy was an o- another awesome intro. I'm sure you'll Google these later. Um, but the X Files, of course, uh, Game okay. of Thrones. Okay. Uh, True Detective season one. Ooh, okay. What's the difference was, between season one and season other seasons? Uh, the songs. The songs were okay. different, okay. and the style was different. Um, but uh, what else? But Game of Thrones was I actually had that like on my mix, my workout mix. So that was always like a popular one. Um, but yeah, those are the ones that just off the top of my head. Those shows. Okay. Um. So, like I said, uh, well, not like I said, like you said, but I just uh, I like a couple, but I also like uh intro that can like tell me what this show is gonna be about, and uh. For me, I know it's probably a silly show, but nothing uh, tells me what this show is going to be about than the Kenan and Kale intro. Pro- you know, you probably don't like it. Cause a lot know, of- yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying, because, you know, a lot of older people don't, not older older people, you know, a lot of people that wasn't in that time don't like it because it's, I would say it is, it is like goofy for no reason and it is a silly. So, yeah. But I don't know, something about it just made me like it. <laughs> King Hill's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um. So, whew, do you have any movies that that that's on your radar? That's coming out soon. That's on your radar. Um. Well, there's two. Uh. The first one is uh, scary stories to tell in the dark that uh, Emilio de Toro is presenting. Um. Those those stories I read in books as a kid, and I remember the art of the books would just terrify me. You know, whenever I'd spend a night at a cousin's or a friend's house and there was only one TV in the house, we'd read books or play music. So I remember uh, we would read those books in the dark. And they really frightened me, especially the art. The art is very haunting, and I love the artistic approach in these, uh, this film coming out. They're really trying to replicate the original artwork and bring it into the real world. So I love the trailers. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the other is the Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. That film is my most anticipated film of the year. Uh, he's a fantastic actor. I love the tone and what the trailer's telling us. And I will be there day one to watch that. That is my most anticipated film. I think they're going to change a lot of stuff with this movie because I heard like they are not doing a lot of stuff from the comics because they're going to kind of make it its own thing. So they have a potential to do a lot with that, a story that nobody's ever heard before. Yeah, um, and I'm fine with that. It doesn't have to be 100% faithful to the comic. I'm fine with uh, something different. Why not? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with a good, a good story. It's something different, and it's a good story that makes two, you know, it's two great things coming together to make an awesome thing. But exactly. um, do you have any movies that you really dislike? Like when you hear them, you just, ugh, you can't stand to hear them. Yes, The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> the whole series is just the first one. Whatever they're doing as of late, I cannot stand them. They're so stupid. Okay. I like uh the Cobbs and Shaw. Cobbs and Shaw. Yeah. I see that trailer and I just roll my eyes and I'm like, this damn film is probably gonna make a million, a billion dollars, and it's well, it's yeah, it's The Rock and it's an action movie and still blows up all the time. Of course it is. Yeah, The Rock <laughs> is the most marketable guy in Hollywood. You know, I'm, God bless him, but. Those films are just, just they're junk food. And I can't stand them, and I just don't realize. How, I'm like, when did they get popular? When did these 
street racers become special agents for the government and <laughs> can hack computers. What did this happen? Ludacris was able to do that. <laughs> I, I, I think um I think the Rock is one of the smartest people in the world. Honestly, like he makes the yes. same exact movie every same exact movie four times a year almost. Yes, <laughs> blows it, up. He's the big dude that beats people up. That's it. That's all you need to know. Yes, I, I agree with you. He's in every movie. I mean, the guy every movie he's in is going to be a hit. Uh, you know, they're they're, they're blockbuster hits. He's like uh, I guess a modern day Schwarzenegger just making cheesy action films, which I agree with. Uh, it's just that uh, I can't stand him. I avoid him. I'm not going to go see that Hobbs movie. He gets, I'm watching the trailer, and I'm like, okay, we got no guns. So he goes to Hawaii, and they fight bad guys with clubs and sticks. And I'm like, really? Really? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to watch this. No, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what. It's interesting. It, it, I don't know how they're gonna pull that off to make it look logical, but they probably won't because, uh, you know, people drop from he dropped from like twenty feet or thirty feet and landed on a car and still lived. So you know, things like yeah. that just happen in those in those type of movies. Yeah, that's the other thing I find annoying in any movie, really, like the Conjuring films or really anything. Like uh, the protagonist just gets picked up and thrown 30 feet across the room, hits the wall and falls down and they're not dead or not, their back's not broken. They just get up like a superhero. That's that's like too much now. You see that like in every movie practically and in every show as well. Yeah, you see a lot of shows too. But I know uh, a movie for me that I just have to roll my eyes at or just am disappointed when I hear it is The yeah. Last Airbender. Because <laughs> okay. me, I really loved Avatar, The Last Airbender, the show. And they just... Basically, what they did is they took a crap all over it, and mm -hmm. oh, it's just because M Night Shyamalan he had some he had a, a couple of all right things, but mm -hmm. I don't I don't know what he was doing with that one. But yeah, to be I haven't seen that one to be honest. I heard it was just it was really horrible, so I just never saw it. Yo, oh, good good for you. I was there day one. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's 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 cool. Though. Hopefully they they can. To redo it to do better in the next one. I don't. Honestly, I don't. I don't know how you can mess that up when the product that you took it from is so good, you know. But <laughs> that happens all the time nowadays. I guess you could say. I think it's a all these, that... all these reboots and all. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of those. I mean, some of them make sense, but I, I, and reboots in general, I, I tend to pass on them. It's just uh, the lack of originality is just. Um, it is a problem, but it, it is what it is. It's what sells. Some of them make sense, and some of them don't, but some, like, uh, the nostalgia factor is so high that they know mm -hmm. they can make a quick book off of it. That's probably, that's why, the reason. Yep. Uh, I agree with you. you. Know, when when Fuller House and all that came out, and uh, all these other shows came out, Everybody wanted to see him, man. Everybody was paying money, so they was like, "Oh, now we're gonna, oh, y'all like these, so we're gonna, we're gonna give you thirty more reboots, thirty more movie reboots, and all that." I don't mm -hmm. I think that's too much overload. Well, I'm not gonna lie. Some, some of them get me. Some of them get me. Some of them don't. But they just, they just want to play off the nostalgia factor for, for now. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. And that's what sells. I mean, uh, I always told. Uh, friends who i mean i hate reboots but i get the investment because if i'm a producer and i have 10 million dollars and i want to make that 100 million and i want to make a movie i'm going to go with a reboot because one you know there's a fan base already established two parents there's some people are going to go see it so make it cheap you, you know invest something in it and there's a guaranteed return so i get the safe investment side of it i just i get that but i just wish there was more originality now, I'll tell you, one movie I'm very disappointed that they having a reboot or whatever you want to call it is, is uh, Coming to America. I no, just... they're not remaking that, are they? Yes, they are. Is they having a second? No! <laughs> no! No! You didn't know that? No! Uh, God, no. It's, it's, uh, God, they're not going to do anything stupid like make a keen white or change his ethnicity, are they? Are they going to make it like a natural? No, no, it's, it's still Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. Oh, perfect. Okay, so it's not. It's but I will say the last couple Eddie Murphy movies haven't been all that. That's all I say. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. I think 
since they took so long, I think they'll make it work. Um, I, I just have faith, but I don't know. I, I don't think they should have redid that one because um, uh, I've been here for years that they were going to redo Beverly Hills Cop, make a fourth one, but nothing of that has come up yet. But now it's official that they don't come into America too. Oh, so it's a sequel, not a um, a, it's reboot. a sequel. A sequel. Oh, that, that, I, I hope it's rated R, like the original. <laughs> I think it will be, but uh, I, yes. I'm, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read. Do you want me to read you the uh the premise that they gave out for it? If you have it in front of you, yeah, go ahead. I want to. I want to know what this is. So Akeem returns to America to find his long lost son. What? Okay. Which doesn't make sense to me. Because he was only with Lisa, but I'm pretty sure they're gonna find a way to make it work. But you know, yeah, uh, yeah. So, however, they're gonna find a way to make that work. They're gonna make it work. Hopefully, That's they make interesting. it work. Yeah, I, I'm now. I'm, I'm. I'm interested in that because all we, he got married once, right? And I don't know. But I, I'm pretty sure they'll be clever about it. But I hope it's uh, like I said, rated R, like the original. I loved. Uh, Coming to America, Harlem Nights, uh, you know, good you, comedy, but rated R. Like all, all of Eddie Murphy's movies in the 80s and, like, some of the ones in the 90s are, like, all... I have them all on DVD. I have them all in collection. I love them all. Mm-hmm. That is Absolutely. just... Absolutely. Yes. Well, since we're on this topic, do you have a favorite Eddie Murphy movie? Oh, God. Oh. Uh, you know what? Me and my friends quote this every time we go out. Uh, we quote the golden child really? all the damn time. Yes, like whenever we're at a bar and we're about to take a shot, I always yell to Monty, you know, to something stupid. <laughs> and they get it. So we always drink to Monty. And, um, you know, I want the knife and uh, stupid things like that. We quote that movie all the damn time. It's, it's, I don't know if that's even a hit of his, but I don't care. I just saw it this past weekend. <laughs> Nah, <laughs> I would say like, oh man, I don't, I can't, I can't decide honestly if I wanted to be Beverly Hills Cop or um coming to America, but it's it's in between that mix. It's in that mix, cause uh he just he just lands for me personally. His comedy lands for me. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, I, there's so many. I mean, coming to America, I saw it on beach. That's all the time. Heart of Nights, I loved. I mean, you had Red Fox, Richard Pryor, everybody in it. I loved uh, Heart of Nights. Well, I, I'll tell you, I loved it, but the middle part, they needed some work <laughs> for me. Yeah it, yeah, it kind of drags, but I, the comedy is just like, I, I loved it. Yeah, uh, I loved but, the part with Red Fox and, uh, and uh, Della Reese is in the kitchen and they're yeah. yelling at each other like a whole couple. Yeah, that part is like one of my favorite parts in the whole movie. Why'd you put this orange juice in the refrigerator with just a swallow left in the container? Bill, why'd you leave me the hell alone? But that don't make no sense. You should have just finished it. Don't put it back in the refrigerator with just a swallow in the container. I get my mouth all set for some orange juice, and it's just a swallow in the container. Well, swallow it and shut the fuck up. Eddie Murphy, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't want to be. A, I don't want this to be an Eddie Murphy fest. So I'm gonna just. I'm gonna try to move on. It's okay. But uh, yeah, just know Eddie Murphy is one of my favorite. Like. I don't know if he's one of my favorite actors or they'll just love more of his movies. So I guess you can count that as whatever the case is. Eddie Murphy is one of my favorites. I'm going to close that book because uh, this isn't an Eddie Murphy tribute. But um, <laughs> what's going? What, where can people find you? Where, where can they find you at? Uh, they can find me all over social media, like primarily on YouTube. Uh, just type in Rudy's Movie Reviews or San Antonio's Unofficial Movie Critic and they can find me there. Uh, I'm on Twitter and on Instagram and also Facebook. You can just, again, I'm sure you'll put the, um, the yeah, links boy. in the description below. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, that's what I do. I'm, I got a new home, so I got my studio all set up. So I'm producing more videos. I, I try to do one a week. Uh, and, um, that's been a good flow for me. Um, I'm actually going to focus on retro reviews. Um, like my passion, my top five movies. Um, so I'm working on a Superman review, the original from, with Ooh. Chris Reeve, okay. uh, Flash Gordon, um, just the classics that I love. And those are going to be like kind of video essays. So I'm going to put a lot of work into that. 
but that that's where you folks can find me uh, i have a, a playlist of my my best work so if they don't know who i am they can check out that playlist and if they like it they can subscribe i'd appreciate it now i will say we will be right back but we have to take a short break i gotta read some ads so uh i'm gonna go ahead and do that we're gonna be right back all right what's up yeah, come join us at the good burger pop-up Opening up this July in West Hollywood. We got your good burgers, we got your good chunks, and we got your good shakes. <laughs> We're even serving up some hot photo ops and some fun games too. Reservations for this limited time experience go on sale Monday. So make sure you follow us for more information. It's going to be a good time. Okay, so we're back. And uh, you... In your 80s movies, your retro movies, do you have like a, anything in mind for a younger generation? You know, anything that you want to, like anything you would pass down to somebody that wants to know about the 80s? Oh, man. Uh, like if somebody came up and asked me, hey, I want to watch 80s movies, what would you recommend? Yeah, yeah. It's like a, but think of it as like a younger, you know, like maybe teenager 20 year older 20 year old you know somewhere somebody that hasn't really doesn't really know what that is yet or haven't experienced that time oh man uh i, I guess um like what movies would i recommend or what would i tell them about the movies i guess i'm not understanding the question okay i probably asked that wrong my bad but uh what movies would you just recommend for a younger audience i just put it like that Oh, okay. Um, well, there's the Back to the Future trilogy. That's yep. one of the greatest of all time. It's multi-generational. My son, my son is, uh, yeah, exactly. My son is like 13 years old. He saw that movie four years, not long, like maybe a long time ago when he was six. And it's heavily influenced him. He's got a Back to the Future poster in his room. So that definitely captures the spirit of the 80s, in my opinion. Um, the Indiana Jones films were also fun. I grew up on those. Um, my childhood really just circles around like the Goonies. That's and everything you see like on Stranger Things or It, the the part one that just yeah. came out. Yeah. That's what we did. We played outside. We got on our bikes and we just went and explored and did things and we got into trouble. But um, there's another good one, Stand By Me. I don't know if you've seen that one with the kids. Yeah, with the dead I, body. yeah, I have. Yeah. That is that's eighties. I know it's based in the fifties, but that's what we did too. We just went and did stuff. Like I said, it, it, I read comics a lot growing up, and um, we read, we read, and we played games, and we just did things. Uh, so that's a, that's a really good one as well. Um, of course, there's the John Hughes movies. Those oh, don't also, get me started. Please, don't yeah. <laughs> there's just so much. It was just a great era, and it's funny because a lot of the times, like I uh, watch stranger things and there's a lot of things they talk about and i'm like well uh like the never ending story like uh it was it was popular but it wasn't as popular as some of the shows and things make it out to be nowadays so i find that kind of funny but um yeah it's just a, it's a golden era man it's like right before the internet uh right before social media i guess in a way but it was just a, a, a great era a lot of originality a lot of great talent i loved it now, um, I just have to, I have to ask you this question because, um, I was asked by one of my uh, subscribers to ask you this because you were a kid in the eighties, um, mm -hmm. which this might not apply to you. So if it doesn't, then, uh, we won't worry about it, but they, uh, as a kid in the eighties, did you notice, or did you ever see the, uh, Hulkamania era of Hulk Hogan? Oh, hell yeah. I was a Hulkamaniac, okay. dude. Yeah, I, I had the shirt and would go see him whenever he came to San Antonio. So the guy was like the greatest hero of all time. I mean, he was bigger than Superman. He was the Hulk. I had to ask you that because um, apparently on the new season of Stranger Things, they don't mention really anything about Hulkamania. And somebody said there's no way you can be a kid in the 80s and not know Hulk Hogan. So I just wanted to ask you that. Yeah, I mean, he's... 
like I said, I, I love the man on my workout mix. I have his intro song, I'm a Real American. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I have that to get. Yeah. 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 I, for a workout that gets me all pumped up, I just kind of walk out of the locker room like I'm Hulk. And if I ever got into the ring, I would do his poses because that's it would just be natural. Okay, okay. I, I well, just had to ask that question, you know? Mm hmm. But, John, you, you brought it up, so we got to talk about it. John Hughes, oh. That's that's personally my favorite director because of the, mm-hmm. the genre he does. I love the genre. Um, do you have like a favorite director, or you just kind of like different people's work some of the time? Oh, my favorite director. Uh, I have a couple. Uh, one that's been established is uh, David Fincher. Okay. Uh, Zodiac, in my opinion, is one of the greatest top five movies of all time. It's also, uh, I, in my opinion, a lot of people say that um, that The Outsiders, the '80s, is the best casted movie, and uh, I disagree. With, uh, is that with a uh, Corey Feldman? Uh, the Outsiders, no. It's with uh, okay, Ralph Macchio, Patrick okay. Swayze, Tom Cruise. It's it's a it's a good movie. It's casted well. Yeah, I was thinking of a different movie. I know what one you talk about now. Yeah, so yeah, the, basically I mean, all the uh, all the I would say hot actors now, uh, back then when they were younger, basically. Yeah, I mean, these, a lot of people say that's the best casted movie, but in my opinion, uh, the Zodiac is the best casted movie ever, man. I mean, the Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, Anthony Edwards, Robert Downey Jr., Brian Cox, John Carroll Lynch. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, so that's one of my favorite movies. So. David Fincher is my, one of my favorite directors. The new one that's a favorite director of mine is Ari Aster. Uh, he made he made Hereditary. He made A Midsummer. I just saw that. That's my favorite movie of 2019 so far. Uh, I love his approach with horror and how he doesn't use jump scares. He builds atmosphere. Jump scares are cheap to me, but... It's know. a cheap thrill, yeah. I mean, for me, I've always said this. Horror movies, there's two types. You know when you go to a carnival and there's a fun house, you go in knowing you're going to get jump scared. You're going to get scared. Yeah. Things are going to make noise and scare you. That is what Hollywood has been making with the Annabelle movies and the Conjuring films. A great horror film should be like you are going to a real haunted house. You don't know what the hell's going to happen, but you're scared and you feel uneasy the entire time. You're looking over your shoulder and you don't know what's going to happen. That's what a true horror movie should be like. And when and you leave that to the end. Exactly. And not even that, but you're just on the edge the entire time. And then you leave and the movie's still in your mind. You're thinking about it. Those are the best horror movies, in my opinion. And um, that's why I love uh, Ari Aster. I'm sorry? I said it leaves an impact. Yes, it stays. It burns in your your mind and you'll never forget it. So, again, Ari Aster is my my favorite new director. The guy is just, he's amazing. Anything he does, I will be there opening night. I don't know. For me, just John Hughes just has too many hits for me, man. I mean, just The Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller. To me, those are I like all those movies. Now, I know uh, many because I, I watch a lot of retro reviewers as well that say, you know, John Hughes captivated a genre. Do you think that he did or not? I think he did it, but did it right, because there were a lot of teenage movies out there in the 80s. Uh, like oh, one trust of the, I watched them. <laughs> like, what are the best unknown 80s movies that deal with childhood, you know, drama and, you know, things that can go wrong? I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called The Last American Virgin. Uh, it deals I have seen Check it out. When you get a chance, check it out. It's just like a, a John Hughes movie. You got teenage got kids trying to have sex, uh, but it also goes into the dark consequences of it. It goes into heartache. And that's one of the best unknown 80s movies. But John Hughes just captured a genre of just, you know, we're all at that age uh, in, when we're younger trying to find ourselves and who we are and how to, who we identify as. And he captured that perfectly. That's why there's so much conflict with his characters. Uh, like discovering who they are and then they, if they're typecast as, you know, the, the rough guy or the daddy's girl, they hate that because that's not them, but that's what the world perceives them. So he identified not just with the 80s, but I think any young, no matter what generation you are or how old you are, anybody can relate to that. It's just a well-told film. 
Yeah, man. That I will say there are some great '80s movies, and there's some terrible ones as well. Now, mm-hmm. don't know if you've seen this movie because it is kind of a Halloween-ish movie. Uh, but have you ever seen Once Bitten with Jim Carrey? Yes, that's a funny one. I love it. It's a comedy. You like? It's so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it, that's it's funny. I remember like that hands-off sequence, that dance sequence at the school. But uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it. It was like a Revenge maybe of the Nerds like sci-fi. A little bit, but maybe I don't like it because of the premise of like she has to suck his blood to be younger. But it, mm-hmm. but the place where she, it's weird. Right? It's just a weird, weird thing. Yeah, just, For me, it wasn't. And then he turns just, into a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't she have to suck the blood from his like inner thigh or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so it yeah. looks weird every time. <laughs> that um, came out like in a that came out in the era because uh, it was teenagers trying to have sex or whatever. Yeah. The teenage shenanigans, but with monsters. And before that, Teen Wolf was really the big deal. Yeah, uh, Mr. And that, yeah, yeah. Marty McFly was a wolf, and because of that success, they made that movie, and then they made My Bloody was it My Bloody Valentine or My My Demon Valentine or something like that. So there was <laughs> I, a, like, a trend. Made both of those movies, you know. Yeah, they captured that market. I mean, so, you know, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've seen some. T- I've seen uh, <laughs> this movie called Some Girls with Patrick Dempsey. Uh, a movie with Robert Downey Jr. and Molly Ringwald, which don't know, don't know why, 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 why I watch these movies because, uh, you know, I I try to have like an '80s binge that I do, so I try to watch some movies from the '80s, some good, mm-hmm. some bad. I do it to myself, but you know, I still have a good time. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Like uh, every now and then, I'll go into a '70s binge and I'll watch some '70s movies. And there's a lot of great ones out there. The 70s, they made some really dark stuff, man. And that's why I, I like not just exploring comic book movies, but I like all genres. And the 70s right now, I'm kind of focusing on. I just saw Deliverance for the first time like a year ago, and I loved it. Man, Deliverance, that, oh, that, that sounds, I might need to check that out. Because uh, I've been hearing about that one. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a, that's a really, a young Burt Reynolds, man. He was the man. I've been hearing about uh that one. I've been hearing about cliffhanger with um uh, uh Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to check those two out. Do a, a movie review, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, watch a watch cliffhanger first. That's an awesome one. Okay, you know, you know what time it is. What time it's is it? Time for the end of the road. That's a segment. Fact check, cause uh my end song is the uh, end of the road, so. I might as well make a segment out of it. <laughs> so, um, okay. yeah, we're almost, we're almost to the end here. Just winding down. Do you have a message for the people, people that don't know you? Give, give them a good message of who you are. And who am the, I? Uh, you know, as a YouTuber, personality, just show who is Rudy? Who's Rudy? Uh, Rudy is a, uh, wow, that's a, Tough question. I got like into the road in my head now. Like we belong together. <laughs> oh, that's my outro song. We, you know, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you play with my heart? I'm gonna shut up now. Okay. Anyway, uh, who am I? I'm a 42 year old uh, movie lover. Uh, I'm a YouTuber, and I just want to make the world a little bit better, make it a better place than where I found it. I just want to teach you about some old films that I grew up with and uh, make you laugh at the same time. Uh, I'm very sincere with my videos. I can get emotional at times, but, you know, I love talking about these topics. So uh, check me out. Uh, check out a couple videos. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. I've replied to every comment that's left on my channel. And um, that's all I got to say, man. You know, speaking of emotional, uh, that one video I saw, wow, well, you know, I believe it was your first time at the news station. Mm-hmm. And you was like, um, and now I can say I'm San Antonio's official movie critic. That moment, I, I ain't gonna lie, that moment kind of choked me up a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, seeing your older videos, see how hard you worked to get that. Oh, man. Oh, thank you. That is great. Thanks, man. That, that means a lot to me, man, because, you know, 
you know how it is. Sometimes you put a, like a lot of work into some videos or podcasts, and then you hardly get any views. You don't know who's watching. No one's leaving comments. So it it, it really sincerely from the bottom of my heart, dude. It, it means a lot that you saw that story and uh, it impacted you. That really that means a lot to me, man. Thanks, brother. Yeah, man. See, um, a lot of times you you have to do it for yourself just because you like to do it. A lot of times it is like that with a lot of people with a lot of projects. Um, just something that you think is cool that you want to do. You might not get all that, you know? Like, yeah. a lot of people might not be in the same thing you're into, but you're just being yourself. So when they see that, they gravitate towards it. And uh, everything will come. Everything will be all right. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I completely agree. Be yourself, be genuine. Everything will fall into place. Yeah, man. So one more time, can you uh, tell everybody, where is Rudy? Where can they find Rudy? Where can they watch Rudy's videos? Where can they maybe request, maybe in the future, if you're going to do that or not, request a uh, movie review, anything like that? Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, well, first off, everybody can find me on YouTube. Like I said, just type in Rudy's Movie Reviews uh, or San Antonio's uh, Unofficial Movie Critic. You'll see my, my big old head pop up right there on the results. Uh, they can find me there. All my links to my social media accounts, uh, like as I mentioned, will be in your description. They can also find it on my YouTube channel. And yeah, I'm open to that idea. If people have a request for a film, uh, I'm more than happy to entertain that. The best way to reach me for that would just be to direct message me either with my um, Twitter account or my Instagram account. And I'd be more than happy to uh, reply to you or have that dialogue. Um, I'm totally down for that. So that's where you folks can find me. And like I said, um, I'm almost at a thousand subscribers. I'm trying to hit a thousand. So if, again, if you guys can just subscribe, let me know what you think. And I, I'd appreciate it. I love engagement. And um Again, thank you for having me on your show, man. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Everybody, please go spam this man with John Hughes movies so he can do them. Please. <laughs> uh, please. And get him to a thousand as well. And over that. Make him make it overflow. But uh, man, it's been a good time talking to you. And uh I don't know you have anything else to say? No, again, just thanks. This is uh, a you know, genuine, heartfelt conversation. Uh, I, know, I know we've been planning to do this for uh, for months. I'm finally mm -hmm. glad we did it. And, uh, hey, it doesn't have to be the last. If you ever want to talk about anything and uh, any topic at all, we can. I'm more than fine with visiting that. Let's just, oh, this doesn't have to be the last of one. Of course. Now, for me, from Rudy, San Antonio's unofficial movie reviewer, from me, Primetime, I got to say, Primetime is all the time. And we are out.